Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey. We're going to look at a very odd uh, couple of comic books here today, Savage Dragon 63 and Graphic Fantasy 1, the first published appearance of Savage Dragon by Eric Larson, and then a remake of that comic. But before we open these things up, Ed, tell us about the latest Red Room news. Red Room, the anti-social network trade paperback hitting shops November 9th. A 208-page book with 75 extra pages of additional material. Lots of extra artwork, as you can see. I spent I spent a a, a big chunk of the summer uh, des designing this book, work, like working on this book, uh, collecting the four issues of the Anti-Social Network. Uh, Jimmy Amazon bought more than half our print run because they know about cartoonist kayfabe. They know the kayfabe effect. They know the reach we have. So I'm telling comic shops to please order heavy so that I can send people to the comic shop uh, or else Amazon they go. And uh, we are, are serializing the next round of Red Room Comics on my Patreon right now. Uh, if you go to Fanagraphics website, you could you could pre-order issue one and two, I believe, of, uh, tr of Trigger Warnings, the next round. Or you can read those comics on my Patreon. All these links in my link tree. I think William Shatner was reading a copy of Red Room when he went into space. On <laughs> Tom, where can people find your latest greatest? Here's uh, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. Uh, October is Jacktober, and, and here's the story of Jack Kirby's life told uh, in, in the comics form, the form he worked in using the, the tool that he used, the pencil like a red room extra. Uh, yes, yeah, Jack. I mean, Jack Kirby lived uh, the the real the real red room, uh, you know, uh, life. Uh, you know, he he saw the worst of it, um, and uh, you know, and, and then spent the rest of his life uh, sitting behind a, <laughs> a drawing table, you know, scribbling cartoons. Um, I also have uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design, which you know, just just as much as the Jack Kirby book is just like a big huge love letter to Jack Kirby, and I got to do my spin on, you know, one of Jack Kirby's arguably, uh, you know, one of his signature works, uh, the Fantastic Four, and and had, you know, some of the most fun in my life working on it. I mean, it, it was re really a dream project and, and, you know, getting to, to like play the hits, as we say, and, and then also like add my little wrinkles to it here and there. So this is, this is from Marvel Comics. You can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. I just posted the uh, black and white zine that you see here. This was a zine that I made. It's a collection of logos, advertisements, editorial pages, collaging up panels. After I discovered like 80s black and white comics and just bought up all the ones I could find for a couple of years, I made this zine, uh, just a small number of them. So I posted the uh, digital version of this just last week. There are about a dozen of uh, zines that you can download there right now. You can also see my original art, scripts, layouts. You can see how I make the comics I make, like Street Angel, Octobriana, Plain Janes, and more. That's on patreon.com slash jimrug. I think it passed a great uh, Lorenzo Lozana black, <laughs> black bow piece, if I am not mistaken. You are not mistaken, Ed. That's a good eye. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of black and white explosion books... Graphic fantasy. This is Eric Larson's self-published uh, beginning, you know, like first thing that he did as a comic book artist uh, besides childhood comics. And recently, Image, I believe last year, they reissued this, you know, and you can yeah. see it's kind of not exactly like a regular comic, even though it's approximately the same size, but it's on this uh, different paper and yeah. it's the black and white reproduction of that original comic, approximating the format and everything. You can see a much cruder style of Eric Larson mm -hmm. art here. 
Prism and Ironhawk were his two collaborators. So the book is essentially three chapters, self-contained, and it's almost like three comics in one. And you can see it's a little bit thicker than your average comic. Savage Dragon gets the very first uh, installment, and rightfully so. I believe the originals were printed on Eric Larson's dad's printer, yeah, uh, according to, to our interview with him. Yeah. So, I, I've been mythologizing this comic my entire life. Uh, it, you would read the, in, the editorials in the back of the Savage Dragon miniseries and, and discover that uh, he, he had this whole backlog of material that he did back in the day and in wizard you would they would rarely have any kind of like real indie comics but they would have like you know graphic fantasy and megaton one through six and stuff because it had these early savage dragon appearances and beyond prohibitively expensive uh you know hundreds of dollars for for these things if you could find them yeah, i was gonna all. say impossible to find print run of a couple hundred yeah yeah like this one you weren't finding anywhere no uh, so it's it's great that we have this facsimile, and it's doubly cool that he uses modern tropes. This is a trope of of comics. Uh, Jaime Hernandez has drawn uh, has redrawn comics that he made as a, like a little mm -hmm. kid. So has Robert Crumb. So there's there's precedent for this. This ain't the first time it's been done, and we can look at some other versions of that on other videos. I've, to my mind, this is the first superhero comic. Yeah, the whole thing's fascinating to me. I didn't even realize that that what this was exactly like i thought it was a backup that was redrawn or something you know redrawing this original appearance and it's not it's the main story retooled for at the time current savage dragon continuity but using same layouts you know even same text in a lot a lot of cases so we'll just kind of go through and do that side by side comparison um you know and, and whoa did i already miss miss the page yeah and just do that side-by-side -side comparison uh -huh. to show exactly, I mean, it's close. And again, even the text follows along the same path, look which is mind-blowing that his first comic would make sense. Look again. at how, how much more pleasing. I mean, even though there's still a lot of verbosity, which which comes with like the young writer, uh, but just breaking it up like this is so much less daunting filling than yeah. just those mounds and I mounds of totally caption. Having that. white text on a green gradient, though, <laughs> works in the about. other direction. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want to make it too much more readable. But like exact layouts, you know? I, I mean, for the most part, probably 90% of this book is going to be exactly copying these layouts. Yeah, it's real It's real funny, too, because like this is a young person who saw some Neil Adams comics and is is thinking he's smart by doing this right here. But you don't want to bleed <laughs> into this panel and like ignore this panel. This is a wiser cartoonist. He knows that. So he's not going to put this overlapping foot over top of this guy. It's still not a great idea to, to have this shit go in. I, I only just now realized, oh, yeah, this foot doesn't belong to this figure. <laughs> right. The uh, breaking panel borders is something that you would see a lot of caution against by yeah. pros and editors and stuff and it would be for this like like certainly don't break into something where you're supposed to read you know from here to, to here like that's that's no good look he's even keeping like some sound effects the same whenever uh whenever the opportunity arises still doing pretty dynamic stuff as a youngin you know like that's that's an ambitious pose if all we had was was this you would be impressed by his cartooning. Sure, it's like, yeah. this is his early cartooning. I think he's 19 whenever he does this. We just looked it's at, kind of phenomenal. We just looked at your black and white zine, and you see, you know, much rougher stuff. Like, this guy this guy was going to do something. This is uh, 1982, the original publication, by the way. So it's pre-86 uh, black and white boom. Yeah, pre-84 uh, Turtles. Yeah. I mean, there's part of me that wishes 
Eric Larson still drew like this? Like, there's a magic here that you, you just, like, he he couldn't do this now. You know? That's that thing. You look at your old artwork, man, and, and, like, there is a part of me that's like, man, I wish I didn't, like, you know, fix that. Didn't know everything I know. Yeah, there's, like, just a magic to, to not knowing what you're doing. There are a lot of really good pages and panels as we go through here. Uh, and a lot of conventions, it's like, I don't know that he's changing anything in his contemporary style to go back and match this. I think he had a lot of these tools, you know, that you'll see here in the original version, you know, that still work and make sense. Yeah. This is so cool, man. I, I mean, I really like the production. on This kind of is like the 80s version of that Captain America number one. You know, it, it is kind of like you can own this priceless. Right. Even this paper stock is different than your typical uh, image comic, you know, like a, a current image comic, even though that's who published this. Uh, it, you know, he's making these cho the production choices to make this thing feel like, I assume, the original Yeah, feels. you got the real thing. This is pretty good, and I'm very curious to see how... Oh, we got... We added a page. Okay, yeah. Brought it into lore. This page completely cut out huh. uh, in the update. Meanwhile, that's like the most image moment of like just a big gratuitous <laughs> really splash page. Yeah, it really is. It's such a specific story, too. He's lamenting the loss of uh, of his wife, and he's... And he's, uh, you know, has her daughter still. So he's so, sort of trying to be a father, trying to help her out. And, you know, she's also mourning her mother. A complex story for, like, issue one? And you, and you know it's probably uh, continuing from his, like, little yeah, typewriter version, comics. Yeah. But most of the layouts, they, they still work, you know, being ambushed in the cab. Uh, the color certainly, I think, makes it a little bit quicker to read, but storytelling-wise, like, nothing that you get lost at, no bad choices of, like, we're switching left and right or, or anything inconsistent in that regard. It does make it difficult on me for uh, comparing these pages, Eric. I like, have to keep switching back and like, forth. Like, this is funny. Like, just sort of how cute it is because it's the same action, basically. Yeah, this is probably one I bet he would do differently now <laughs> yeah. if he weren't trying to stick with this gimmick. Again, it's like, though... I, I don't I don't know other comics I've seen that do that, so it's kind of like yeah, keep the stuff nobody else does, you know. Don't try to look like everybody else. And I think uh, in this case, the cab might even be more effective down here than in the redrawn. He'll be so mad to hear that. <laughs> well, this is this because like all this stuff that you as an artist, the problems you have with your own work is very different than what uh, how other people see it. It's really wild though. Like his storytelling instincts are so strong. Yeah. The, the piece that we should say, Ed, you mentioned the editorial pages in the back of Savage Dragon, and they would talk about all those childhood comics. Even though this is like the first published, you know, printed, offset printed or whatever comic, not the first comic. Right. You know, had yeah. a box of these childhood comics. And you see, like, his, his storytelling chops way stronger here, man. So so he's letting you know the location. Like, this looks like it could just be, it could be a pawn shop or something. There's no <laughs> evidence of that being a, a hospital. Yes. I don't know what the the numbers up here are. If that's uh, the top of a bus or something. Yeah, I guess I guess that's what that's supposed to be. You know, it's it's not even a bus here. I don't think. Or a camper or something. It's something different. Yeah, I like I like th this. I love all that kind of like I don't know Neil Adams. -y kind I was of gonna stuff. say when you mentioned Neil Adams in the beginning, I was like, hold the Neil Adams. <laughs> We're gonna get one of those Neil Adams moments here coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even this right there, man. Getting that kind of odd angle, you never saw. Makes sense for 1982, you know, that Neil Adams would still be exerting his influence over page layouts and, and uh, you know, some of the technique that he's using there. So, Jim, you said you kind of read this 
in the past, like not knowing any of the context, I can't imagine, like, did you see this and say, like, hey, why is Eric doing things there? Like, it looks like an, an average issue of Savage right. Dragon, you know? Yeah, it didn't stand out to me at all. This was probably a time when Dragon was, like, my favorite comic or one of my favorite comics. And just another issue. I was yeah. just excited to get another issue. And nothing stood out to me. I don't know if he even acknowledges what this is in this issue, like in the letters page or anything. The big reveal here within the story is uh, Overlord is unmasked in this story. So a lot of the letters are about that. You know, that's a story that he was building throughout uh, all of Savage Dragon up to this point, five or six years worth of Savage Dragon. This reminds me too of uh, your Neil Adams, mm -hmm. you know, as the figures falling down through the panel. Um, a pretty cool effect and looks good in, in color and contemporary treatment too. Now, uh, is this a complete facsimile of the complete issue that has like the double page spread with all the characters and stuff done as like a pinup? Mm, I'm not sure about that. Because uh, it, what's cool is you'll see in the double page spread, if it's in here, uh, it has Proto Super Patriot, Dart, uh, the Rapture. That the mm -hmm. chick, like, I was gonna, I was like, is she dart? Because she has darts all over her, but she's not. Right. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely see some of the variation in these color, in these character designs from the past to now. Cool to see Super Patriot since he kind of works in this origin. That yeah. this is how Super Patriot starts, and this is where we're at by the time Image, you know, we we get to see Super Patriot as a regular character. Yeah, I, he has a different name in here. It's called like Ma Major America or something like that. I know. I know Eric Larson's like an E Man fan, and I'm kind of seeing like between like E Man. Oh, Joe Staten. Yeah her to this character there's a, there's something in common there we, we are like th these kind of early works are sort of like a catalog of your influences you see all frankenstein together yeah no doubt about it but again larson pretty formed yeah yeah yeah, yeah he's ready i mean no doubt about we it. we often look at those first books of of uh favorite artists and sometimes it's almost impossible to tell any similarity to what yeah. they become so who is overlord is it frank the policeman? No, it's it's some some Nixon character. I, I don't even remember that as being significant. Uh, although I think it is because the whole letters page is like everybody guessing and putting their theories out there. You know, he's pushing dynamic poses and, and being ambitious with camera angles from the start, man. That's how you learn how to fucking draw. Yeah, no doubt. Keep about stretching. It. The main changes usually are just like some of the characters will be different character, mm -hmm. different character name that pops up several times. And he's just more confident in his figure building. You know, that like, and this does, it does have like an image comics rhythm, you know. It really does. Again, like I keep saying it, but it's like, this is Larson. Like yeah. he showed up as Larson. Yeah. And he's still doing it. Like, like out of all those guys, he's... He's the one in the trenches. So. I, yeah, I mean, this this is proof that like, this guy wanted to make comics. Yeah. Like, he's not in the money-making business. Like, he wanted to get into the game to make comics. Uh, and, here, and here we are. I would say that probably the oddest part of the whole thing is he's trying to stick to the text as much as he can. And some of the phrasing and stuff is weird. Like, try to run, old man. Try to hide. That's probably... That's, pretty out of place i think from what you were getting in like say 61 and, and 63 yeah uh you know that part's what stands out to me as being a little bit different or odd yeah but this this is just like this ain't about the series this is like this is an art object or something like this is beyond it's a wild experiment like surprising he wouldn't highlight in this issue some of what's going on you know it's almost right, like he did yeah. this for himself this was 
this is 20 years ago well, that he made this issue. That seems it seems like his his pattern because it is kind of like he is at a point where he's purely doing this for his own purposes and he'll you know change things up and give himself little challenges and yeah it's kind of got nothing to do with us you know or you know the readership or, or whoever yeah it's nixon I, I don't remember who i don't know why who that is or why it matters <laughs> or anything like that he is a skinny little chump so that's that's the worst drawing of richard nixon i've ever <laughs> seen <laughs> i think it's Vic, Vic okay, okay okay flip the page so like the two-page spread will be in here uh so keep this ready to go and then we'll see like like see this guy see there's that's mm-hmm. dart dart yeah and then star mm-hmm. yeah. star looks pretty consistent and then early super patriot but like let's see what his name is there because i don't think it's super patriot it's like number 12 american hero probably hey, Eric, what is that name <laughs> it probably got a cease and desist from gi joe it's funny too like uh kevin keys has like four characters larson's from 9 to 24 all <laughs> eric larson's characters i'm trying to see if we see any others that we recognize look at this man two batman this is i think this is probably makeup oh yeah totally <laughs> look at this two batman and a spider woman <laughs> he's still called mako back then nice this to me looks like a teenage mutant ninja yeah. turtle, like a robot or a mech yeah, mecha turtle. turtle that looks like a fucking kinnikuman <laughs> <laughs> so another batman three batman yeah. oh man and yeah. here uh here's daredevil oh and now that, that one's a character yeah his. i forget his name yeah powerhouse powerhouse it's yeah. still powerhouse not the best name no, this should be called character. like Chicken Head Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, chicken or like Hay Beak. These are those like uh, Roy Thomas, Todd McFarlane uh, characters. And then you start getting into like Metal Men. That's the fun shit. When yeah, you, I love like, it. When you I look mean, at this. I, and then you know I co-sign any bullet-headed uh, superhero or villain. I I love uh, it's a dragon wearing the Batman's utility belt. You know what? What a shame that's not that didn't make its way into the image series. Hey man, it's it, still going. It's great too, like with the little D. Yeah, it's, it's the custom. It's the uh, like the symbol, the dragon symbol. When when you take all that stuff out of superheroes, which a lot of people have done or try to do, like I'm out, I'm done. You know, when when you've eliminated every ounce of that kind of stuff, dragon does have the turtle toes. He invented yeah. it from from the get go. So super cool object. Uh, image actually printed both issue one and two and uh issue 65 of savage dragon is issue two redraw oh that's it or re you know recreation but what a wild experiment and once again like totally for larson's amusement i think you know issue 63 maybe something uh, he needed to pick me up thought he'd challenge himself with this hey man uh, when you when you own the keys to the kingdom you can do what the fuck you want very cool Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? You can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. Got about a dozen of them there, and just posted the BW zine. You can also see original art, scripts, layouts, the process that I make comics like Street Angel, Plain Janes, Octobriana, and more. All of that at patreon.com slash jimrug. Uh, check out Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics. Fantastic four grand design. Uh, see what I'm up to uh, on my Patreon. Go to patreon.com, search Tom Scholey, and uh, my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. Red Room Comics in the Wild, uh, the anti-social network trade paperback hitting stores November 9th. Uh, go to your comic shop immediately and reserve your copy because they are going fast now that Amazon bought 
uh, half that print run, uh, you can read ahead uh, to the next round of Red Room Comics at my Patreon, patreon.com slash edpiscor, three bucks for the archive there, and go to the Fantagraphic site, you could pre-order issue one of the next round, all those links in my link tree in the description below. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise like this Outlaw Comics t-shirt at the links below this video. It's a hot shirt, man. Given those margin orders, we're going to be on our way, Jimmy. Read more comics.